I want to quote a verse. I mentioned it in the prayer. But I want to start out with this verse. It's in Hebrews 4, verse 15. It says, For we do not have a high priest that is not touched with the feeling of our infirmities. In other words, we have a high priest, Jesus, who is willing to be touched by what we go through. He was God. He walked among this earth. He never failed. He never made a mistake. He resisted every temptation that came against him. And yet he was willing to understand what our weaknesses are like and then bear the result of them. And then the Bible says we're now challenged to do that for one another. This is an amazing church that God has put together here. We're a church that's, that's, that's multiracial. Uh, we've had many ministers come in before and comment on how wonderful that is. We have differences from age of all the way from people up pushing the upper limits of their, in their 90s all the way down to some of the very youngest people. And our teens, the group that's doing this tonight, is a very important part of this church, not just for the future, for right now. In January, we had a Sunday service where we just turned it over to them. We called the takeover service. And, and I was expecting to hear them do a good job, but I was blown away by how powerfully these young people ministered just as effectively and maybe more effectively than our, our so-called adult ministry. And I was touched by that. And God really opened my eyes to what we have here. We have an amazing group of teens that are dedicated, that are intelligent, that are committed, and that are sincere, respectful, and love the Lord with all their heart. And they really want to know what it means to serve the Lord. So what we decided to do tonight, we were scheduled to have some testimonies, and they'll do that next week. But what I want to do tonight is, is because of the events that are going on right now and how this nation is being shaken by the things that are going on. I wanted to give our teens an opportunity to share some of what they feel, some of what they see, ask questions, to give them a chance to express themselves. And, 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 and you may not agree with everything they say. I may not agree with everything they say, but they need to be listened to. Because when we listen to somebody, we validate that they're a person. Isn't it amazing that every morning when I get up, as imperfect as I am, as wrong as I am about some of the things I'm wrong about, God, the perfect God in heaven, actually listens to me. So we need to learn how to listen to one another. And that's what we're here tonight. We're here to listen to three of our teens and also some of them as how they're affected by the things that are going on today. I've asked Pastor Michael to join us. Pastor Michael is a pastor that's overseeing our our youth ministry, so I wanted him to be here tonight. And we've invited, I'm going to pull my chair up here, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you introduce yourselves. Tell us who you are, and then how old you are, what grade you are in school, and just a little bit about yourself, and then we'll kind of get into some of our discussion. So we'll start with the ladies first. Priscilla? My name is Priscilla Constant. I am 16. I'm a junior in high school. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, my name is Emmanuel. They get to see you regularly. This is the Priscilla that was just up here, and uh, she does an amazing job with worship, and we're just so blessed that you're doing that, and you really have been a blessing in this church. So, All right. Manny? My name is Emmanuel McDonald. I'm now a grad. Uh, as you can see, I play the piano, but I also play a couple more instruments. And yeah. Okay, what grade? You're a, you just graduated? Yeah. Okay, congratulations. Oh, that's right. I saw your congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Desire? Go I'm ahead. Desire. I'm 17, and I'm currently a junior. All right, that's it. That's all we need to know about you, huh? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling when you're friends, you talk a little more than that. First of all, I want. All three of you to just take a deep breath and relax, all right? You're not going to say anything wrong. I wouldn't put you up here if I didn't trust you, all right? You're, 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 you're all sincere. I know that just for you to be willing to do this is a, is a step of faith. But we need you. We need to hear. I need to hear from you whether anybody else wants to listen to you or not. I need to hear what you have to say, what you think um, about some of these issues that are going on. Pastor Michael, you have anything you want to add, say to them first of all? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for your courage yes. to be able to sit up here 
and share your heart. Um, I think one of the issues that we have here in this world is the fact that we are not being heard. And this is a great opportunity for you to be heard. Um, and I think this is the reason why we have riots and everything else. And we'll get more into that as we go along. But uh, thank you for, for the courage that you have for sitting up here and sharing your heart. And listen, we're not here to condemn you. We're here to, to appreciate you, to hear you, and to, to stand with you. All and right? to learn from you. A- absolutely. Yeah. So. so let's talk about what you think, first of all, about what's been going on, first of all, this last week, and then what's behind it. Because there's obviously much more behind uh, what's going on this week than what's going on this week. But just share what you think, what's your heart is. Um, recently for me, because being on social media... You need to speak up for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, for when, me... When you get older, it's a little harder to... <laughs> I get told I'm very quiet a lot, so... Um, for me, being on social media, it's very easy to be like surrounded by it like every second of the day and people are talking about it constantly and constantly. And I feel like it's just very easy for people to lose track of like what is truly going on and like the reasons behind it. So I feel like for me, how it affects me is just that, you know, I feel like it's not really being focused on in the way that it should be as far as like the reasons and like what's behind it I feel like it's kind of two separate things but it should be like all is one because it's happening because of this so that's how I feel you're talking about the difference between the focus on the riots and the violence and and what's causing what's behind the riots and the violence yeah I feel like mm, from what I've seen I don't know about anyone else but from what I've seen as far as like the media usually focuses on more of the negative things and how people are, like, trashing things and um, the riots and the violence. And it's just, like, everything else, like, why it's happening is just kind of, like, pushed under the rug almost. And it's kind of, like, frustrating because it's just, like, no, like, no, like, I'm screaming at the TV, like, no, that's not it. And it's, like, it's disappointing, it's frustrating, and it just hurts sometimes. But, yeah. If you could say something to the media to have them say, what would you say? Um, what I would say is get every side of the story. You know, the people who are hurt and who have been, like, personally, like, face-to-face affected by it, they want to be heard. They have something to say. And I feel like if just focusing on the things that are negative about it it's kind of just making what they say irrelevant. And I feel like everyone has, like, everyone should get a chance and everyone should get, like, the same amount of spotlight to at least say how they feel and to explain, because I feel like there's really no explanation because everyone's just assuming and assuming. And it's just like, no, don't assume because there's reasons. And I feel like no one's focusing on that. So I would say to really, like, make sure you know everything before you, like, go ahead and make people assume. Our news media is not known for doing that. And sometimes pastors aren't known for doing that. Manny? Well, um, I think it's an amazing thing that we're protesting and all that. And we're reaching out to every single voice that hasn't been heard yet. And I think it's also a great thing, but it also sucks that we're capturing the police brutality and we have finally evidence to stop this. But it also sucks that what um, that all this has been happening under our noses. And that only now we've been realizing it more and more. And I feel like we should target the problem more instead of focusing on the, the violence and all that. Is this on? Yeah. One of the things that um, I wanted to say earlier, one of, the, one of the important things that youth brings into a body like this is, and it's been so long since I was there, it's hard for me to remember, is you, you tend to have a passion for what's right and wrong. And, and you ask questions that are challenging. I, I was your age in the Vietnam War, and that's the last time I remember protests like this. We've had riots before, but the nationwide protests. And, and, and there was a, it was that generation standing up and saying, asking hard questions. Why are we doing what we're doing? And nobody's, nobody's facing the real issues. 
And your generation, your age will, will challenge us with those kind of questions of why has this gone on so long? Why has nobody said anything about it? And, and, and that's, that needs to be heard. Um, I don't know that I have an answer for you, but if we're not heard, by, if that's not heard, we can just keep going through the same thing over and over again and say, okay, this will eventually die down and nothing's going to change. And, and, and so that perspective is very important to us. So, Vijay? Um, I agree with the protests that are going around. I think it's very important that people are being heard because they are hurt. There's situations that aren't being brought to light that are going on to this day. But I do see where people are having the problems with the violence that comes with it because of the advantages that people are taking of the um, whole movement that's going on. I just see a lot of hurt within the nation, a lot of discord within everybody, not only in the races, but also the whole entire nation. I just think that we just need more love and passion going through. One of the things I thought of while you were sharing is that, um, and you kind of touched on it, Priscilla, is it, it all depends on what part, what, what, how this has impacted you. Because I'm thinking while you're sharing, and, and I couldn't agree with the three of you more, is that if I had had my store looted and burned, I would have a different perspective on what's important here. Um, so it, it's, it's, it can be very, and again, you mentioned this, at the same time we have to focus on the issues that are, should be important. We have to recognize that our other people being affected. I think one of the mistakes we make in these situations is we overgeneralize. Everybody's a racist. All all policemen are 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 are, are bad, and you know. And then they do all black people are are can't be trusted, and and I I had to live with that because people think lawyers are like that. All right, all lawyers can't be trusted. I'm joking, but we have to be careful who we're talking to. Having said that, there are clearly issues here that have got to be not just looked at, addressed and changed. So. So you, I asked you to share what your thoughts were. Okay, thoughts come out of our head. How do you feel about it? A very difficult question because I've never experienced anything like this in my life before. So it's like everything happening all at once. It's like I don't even know how to feel because at the same time, yes, there are problems that are happening, but it's just like, like you said, it's not everyone. It's not like... I don't want to generalize, so it's really, it's confusing, it's frustrating, it's hurt, it hurts, it's it's a whole lot of feelings, it's like a roller coaster. Talk, talk to me about the hurt. Um, It hurts because it hits me on a personal level, as far as like racism and police brutality, because I have personally experienced that, so. Can you tell me about that? Because see, here, here's, here's why I'm asking you, I'm not trying to embarrass you, and I'm going to talk about this on Sunday. Because I'm trying to going to wade through some of this and get separate what's important from what's not important. I don't know what that's like. All right. I don't know what it's like to have somebody look at me a funny way. I don't know what that's that's like. And so the challenge that, and I'm just going to use the term white and black. Okay. So we're are we okay with that? Yeah. All right. Um, is that. White people have trouble understanding that. And what we tend to do, as people tend to do, is we tend to, we tend to look at what you go through through our own eyes. All right? And I'll talk more about Men and women do that with each other in marriage. So, so that's what I want to hear from you. I'm not trying to pry. This is what I'm trying to draw out tonight because I need to hear this. And I know there are a bunch of people out there that need to hear it, whether they know it or not. Because um, you're not some wild, rebellious troublemaker that, that, I, that I couldn't trust in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> okay? You're my sister in the Lord. I need to hear from you. Um, one example. It happened nine months ago during my volleyball season. Um, so there are two black girls on the team of about 20 girls, so not really diverse. And, you know, I was kind of new to the school, so I didn't already fit in. And so it was our playoff game. It was actually our last game, so that's why I remember it. 
and we had went to we went, had went away to a game and it was um in a predominant like a predominantly white area and and actually in the arena we were the only two black people in the whole entire um area and so you know we were playing we were cheering for our teams and behind us is the entire student body of the other team and it's just a bunch of teenagers and cheering on and everything and then out of nowhere um we just hear black lives matter and the whole crowd just starts laughing and i was like confused i was like why is that funny i was like i don't really find that funny and it was just laughing as if it were like some type of joke and i was looking around i was just like we're the only two black people in this place so i mean it was clearly a pointed towards us and i don't know if it was because of the game they were trying to get in our heads or whatever it was it just hurt and so i and me and my friend we went to the coach to just say what we had to say cuz i wasn't just going to let that happen and me at the moment i wanted to say something like directly to them and just be like oh like go off and like i was outraged i was angry i was it was just unacceptable but i just chose i was like that's not going to get me anywhere let me go tell my coach and do something about it like on uh to like to the authority and so i told my coach she understood she heard and she went to the referee and the referee was just like oh, okay and he went to them and was like oh did you guys say this and obviously they were like no we would never say that and i was i wasn't surprised at that and then he came back and he was like well i don't know what to tell you i can't help you they said they didn't say it maybe you heard something and when that happened i was just like why would i make that up and i felt really frustrated i feel like some of the people out there in the world now were like they're telling like they're saying justice needs to be served and they're not being heard they're like i don't know what to tell you maybe it was your fault and so yeah that's the closest experience that i've had where it really and it like talking about it makes me a little bit emotional because it's like it hurts so much at that moment but yeah were you frustrated because they didn't do anything about it i i wasn't even mad that they even said it i was just frustrated that i said something when i could have kept quiet and even that didn't work and they they just got away with it and and the thing is it's that's not even the first time it's been happening repeatedly with that specific team to get in the players heads and so i was like why is it that you know i'm like playing the victim card but clearly it's been occurring over and over again but no one wanted to hear me out when i'm literally saying like this has happened to me and i felt like helpless i felt like there's nothing i can do okay thank you thank you for being Manny, how do you feel about it? We talked about what you think, but what do you feel? At first, I was completely angry. But at some point, after seeing it and seeing it... Angry at the incident of George Floyd? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, at the justice not being served and all. And how long it takes to serve justice, even with the facts in front of your face. And then after a while, I've gotten tired of it. And before I say anything to social media... before I say anything to the people I want to get as much information as I can so I don't say the wrong thing and lead the wrong cause so I assess myself I control my emotions and I lean on God because I always like to I like to use the Bible as my go-to if the Bible doesn't back me up then it's not right that's it <laughs> that's good Okay. So your first reaction was anger, but instead of lashing out and I guess the way to do that now social media, um you want to find out the facts and you went to the Bible. So I'm and I'm going to talk about that Sunday. We have to look at things through the eyes of the word. Yeah. But some of us may be shocked by what the word says mm-hmm. and how it challenges us. So and that's one of my hopes at least for this church. I can't look at other churches that out of this we have an opportunity to, to grow in our love for one another and really do what Jesus has told us that we're here to do so all right okay so can you i want to and this is part of what i want to i want to hear because i want to understand the anger it's hard for me to relate relate to that and is the anger based on the injustice is that what you're mean yeah okay at the fact that our skin is being attacked even though we didn't choose it nor do we want to give it back <laughs> but it's being attacked like that 
and only now is when we are seeing more and more happening. Okay. That's good. Okay. I'm, I'm, um, what I'm struggling with is I don't want to share some things to now. I'm going to share Sunday, but I'm so tempted to. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll share it. When our children were growing up, first of all, I was brought up in a very prejudiced family. Uh, lived in the North, but my father's side of the family would make comments, which I still hear those voices in the back of my head. And I curse them and fight them. But it's amazing when something's... It's, it's not ingrained in me the way it may have been some people that were raised in the South. But those thoughts get stuck in there at an early age. And, and I've had to fight them. And I've pretty well overcome it. Every once in a while it sticks its, its head up. But I, wanted, I didn't want our children to have any taste of that growing up. And there was one of our children one time made some comment about, um, about Puerto Ricans. And my skin started crawling. And I pulled them aside and I said, I mentioned their closest friend by name. I said, you know that that's a Puerto Rican. And they said, oh, no, we're not. And I said, he certainly is. And what I realized is once you know who a person is, then they're no longer look at them in the color of their skin. But we don't take the time to get to know people. I've had that happen even here on staff. People make a comment about somebody that's that's of, of color, and I, did, I said, no, they're not. And Oh, I guess they are, because to me they're that person. Mm-hmm. And and that was a real eye-opener to me, because what's really degrading is is, is just not treating you as a person. It's treating you as a thing. And I'll get into, I'm going to get ahead of myself. I'm going to get into some of this on Sunday, why this is so important to unwrap this now. So... So the anger is at the injustice. Okay, that's very well said. So, okay, Isaiah, you go. I'm going to start with you next time, so you're not last. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm pretty frustrated with everything. We're talking about what your feelings are, right? Okay. Yes, frustration is a feeling. Um, I'm pretty frustrated with the situation with. Mr. Floyd and everything that's going on, seeing that he was a man of God as well, not saying that that's the only reason why I'm mad. There's all the incidents that happened prior to this and the fact that nothing was really being done, that they were having silent protests, they were being loud by being silent. And I think that by them doing that and still nothing happening, and this has been going on for generations and before then, I think it's just really irritating and frustrating to see that it's still happening as of today and it's 2020 we should be able to move on it must be hard for someone your age to understand i'm not saying that it's right to look back and say how could this go on for so long and 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 nobody's done anything about it that's one of the values of youth because that's what challenges us because as i said earlier as we get older we just start accepting certain things well that's just kind of the way it's always been and a, and a new generation brings in that fresh perspective is, but why does it have to be that way? And I don't want you to ever lose that. So do you have any questions, Pastor Mike? Yeah. Um, listening to your anger and frustration, I do understand that, and um, and rightly so. And you talk about the, the aggravation, the, the frustration, and the anger because this is something that keeps reoccurring. And uh, this has been going on going back to the 60s, even even earlier than that. And um, one of my favorite, uh, he was one of my heroes, is Dr. Martin Luther King. And, um, and just to show you how things have not changed, um, he said that the reason, that, well, America has to see that riots don't develop uh, out of thin air. But he said that there are, certain conditions that continue to exist in our society that needs to be condemned as vigorously as we condemn riots. And so he says the final analysis is that riots is the language of the unheard. And so he asked the question, what is it that America fails to hear? And it's frustrating when you make a, sound, a, a talk about these things and, and, and talk about how angry you are because of the injustice and because of things that have not changed and, and people don't want to hear that. 
They want to tell you to be quiet. They want to want to generalize everything. They want to just gloss it over. Um, what do you think you can do if you had the opportunity to try to make those changes? That's a good question. Josiah, you Desire. go first. Um, okay. Um, personally, you're now, pre- you're now President Josiah. <laughs> okay. Um, so. I personally think more on like what would Jesus do and how he moved and he moved very gracefully and humbly and I don't think we really have that opportunity now since everything's being so corrupt and we're surrounded by evil. Mm-hmm. I think that if I were to go about it is to refer to what the Bible has to say because there is a lot of prophet, um, prophetic and prophecies that's about to happen and that are happening as of today and I just think that the more that we go into it, the more love that we have and the more understanding and just listening to people and actually let them understand that they are being heard and that some show them that something's doing, at least put a step in about what's happening, at least put a movement or something with higher ups, like the president saying something that actually will help start a movement that will actually stay and last. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Manuel. You're now president. I feel like terms as I have. I feel like um, to stop this, you can notice the early signs in people. Because right now, it started out because of the cops. And so there are bad cops, but there are also good cops. But what we need to realize is we need to notice the signs of racism that some people show and stop them in the tracks in a peaceful way, of course, because God doesn't approve silence unless he's the one that gives it out. And we should seek peace, but we should also make them understand. We should ask his advice because we go off based off our emotions. We're bound to fail. We need to use our heads, not our hearts, because our hearts, like as the Bible says, is full of evil and all. Okay, that's good. President Priscilla. Um... Can you ask the question one more time just so I don't, like, go off? Yeah, the question is, is because of the anger that you feel and the frustration that you feel and because of the fact that things have not changed, no matter how many and how much noise we make. If you're in a position to change that, how would you do it? Um, like Desiah said, you know, what would Jesus do? And I feel like love is, like, God's love can change anything. And I... I don't necessarily know like how to like pour love on top of people, but I feel like just acting in love and you know hearing each other out and being there for each other and understanding one another, maybe not like understanding through their eyes, but understanding like understanding them, I would that's kind of what I'm trying to say, but just with love, I would try to just every step that I take just be with love and not out of the anger, the frustration, the aggression or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Um, You said something earlier about your experience um, where you heard someone shout, Black Lives Matter. Um, Just that statement alone has caused so much misunderstanding and and division. Um, Tell us what that means to you. Explain to us what that means to you. Um, To me, it means I sometimes like, add to the end like black lives matter too because i feel like in today's society it's almost like forgotten and it's um so when i say like black lives matter it's just like almost like we're having to say like we matter like we we're here we're like see us instead of just seeing like the color of our skin but like our our lives matter and like who we are matters and that's how i perceive it Mm -hmm. so you're saying that all lives do matter when you make that statement. It's just the fact that there are some people who feel that black lives don't matter. Yeah. Okay, so the statement black lives matter really implies black life matters too. Okay, all right. Very good. Uh, Manny, what does that mean to you? For me, it means that, of course, all lives matter. Absolutely. But at the moment, we, the black people, are the ones that are getting targeted. So we should focus on the problem first, if, um, too. Um, and that as hashtag Black, Black Lives Matter, of course. Hold up. I lost my turn of thought. That's okay. That's all right. Think about it. 
As we know, we're all being targeted. We're all being attacked right now, people of color. And so we're not just making it that only black lives matter. We're just saying that right now we have a, um, we are being targeted. There's a problem. We should fix that problem. And then we can fall into the category of all, focus on all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Good. Very good. Desire. Um, I would say by like how Priscilla said, like black lives matter too, seeing that black lives matter started and then all lives matter happened afterwards. It was just to like silence what was going on with black lives matter. But when you, they're saying black lives matter, they're saying all lives matter. But until we matter as well, that's when all lives matter. Mm-hmm. They're saying that right now we're being looked at as completely different. We're being oppressed right now. We're not being seen. We're not being heard. And the fact that we're being targeted just by the color of our skin means that we do not matter. Mm-hmm. And what they are trying to say is until you see us as a human and as a whole and as yourself, equal to yourself, then that's when we all matter. Therefore, if we don't matter right now, we need to make it to the point where we matter. So basically what you're saying, all three of you, is that when you say black lives matter, you're not saying that only black lives matter and no one else matters. You're simply saying because of the injustice and and, and the the, the racism and, and the discrimination that's going on against people of color, you're simply saying we matter also. All right? Okay. That's very good. I had a thought as I was thinking about this, and I realized that um, that all people of color are potential victims for racism and discrimination and injustice. And until people understand that, because we live that every day of our lives, um, and and I don't know about you, and I've never shared this before, uh, and I'm a little embarrassed about sharing this, uh, but when Ever a police officer pulls behind me while I'm in a highway or in the street, I get very nervous. As a matter of fact, the one time I got pulled over and I remember my daughter sitting next to me and I was literally shaking, physically shaking because I was scared and I was embarrassed about that. And after, and of course, fortunately for me, the, the, the police officer was very polite, very respectful and, um, and it was just something minor. It was just something he was just, you know, letting me know that something was wrong with my car. But all that fear that I was feeling and experiencing, I didn't know where it came from. And then I began to realize, well, that's why, because all that's happened, because even to this day, I get nervous. And when I, when I see a police car behind me, I say, oh, Lord, please don't let him pull me over. Oh, Lord, please don't let me pull, you know, pull me over. It's because I feel like I can be a victim as well. So this is something we live with every day. It's always in the back of our minds when we go into a department store and we go into a restaurant. It's always there. So, so when we say Black Lives Matter, that's exactly what we're talking about because not everyone feels that all lives, all Black Lives Matter. See, this this I think is at the core of the misunderstanding. Aside from, and I'm not putting it down, police brutality, but most of us are not going to run into that. Okay, but uh, but. Beyond that, there's this overriding difference between your experience and my experience. And, and I never understood that at all until several years ago when Lafayette Scales was here. And he mentioned something about this, and I got pushback from some people in the congregation. And I talked to him about it, and, and, and he said, I had to sit down with my boys when they got to driving age and give them what's called the talk, which is what do you do when you're pulled over? And I never heard of that before. I never had to do with that with, with my sons. And then I happened to mention that to some other people in the church, and they said, oh, yeah, it's called the talk. And I've heard somebody else this week, a, a minister, well-known minister, talk about having to give that talk to his kids. And, and this is what white people need to hear. And this is what I, part of what I wanted them to hear from you, aside from the anger, is that, that we are equal before God. We are equal under the law, but your experience is not equal with my experience. And, and it can be a very subtle thing. And this is where one of the comments I wanted to make is we are not where we were 50 years ago. There has been progress. But what's not changed is this subtle thing. 
there's an underlying subtle view of seeing somebody by their skin color and automatically categorizing them and may not even say anything, but somehow it's intangibly there. And, and this is, this, you can't legislate that out. You can't, it's a moral issue. And, and as really the three of you have, and I'm so proud of you, have, have recognized is ultimately that's only going to happen because of Jesus in us. That, that hatred is not going to go away on its own. Now, we need to change the laws. We, we need to do what we can do. But the only ultimate change of people's hearts towards one another is going to be... And this is... See, this is where the church has the opportunity to shine. Because I can sit here with, with three people of color, two of you of two generations behind me, and yet we're one. All right? When you talk about what Jesus do, my heart just jumps inside. All right? We share... What we share in common is so powerful. And that's why Jesus said... The world will know what I'm like by the way you love one another. And it's the loving of our differences and overcoming the differences. And my prayer for this church and my prayer for Sunday is that through what I'm going to share Sunday is to, is to try to lead this church through that kind of understanding of one another. And I can't understand what that's like, but I can listen to you and I can be sympathetic with you and I can acknowledge that you go through something I don't go through, and by doing that, I validate you. I can't ever understand that. We have different, but it's like in a marriage. I'll never understand the way she thinks, all right? But I can love her, and I can validate her, even though she may not be right. <laughs> I'm joking. She's right more often than not. So my point is, my focus is for the church. How can we lead this church into that? So that's my next question. You're now pastor, Priscilla. What would you say Sunday? Um, <laughs> what I would say, um, if it feels like uncomfortable to talk about it, I feel like that means that it's important to talk about. And, you know, we have our brothers and sisters in the church and, you know, we all worship as one and everything. But like when we step out of the doors, we have our separate lives. But I feel like we just need to have like empathy for one another and real and like try to not necessarily be in each other's shoes, but just try to look out for one another and see, like, instead of, like, looking at people, but, like, see them and, like, what they grow th- uh, go through and just try to, like, feel that for them, something like that. Manny, you're now Pastor Manny. <laughs> what would you do? I would, first of all, I would say pray, but be specific about what you pray about. Because I remember a story of Elijah. He prayed and he asked for the rain to stop. And it stopped for three years. Notice how he was specific about what he asked for. He didn't say, just stop the water. He was specific about the rain. So I feel like we should pray specifically for what's the, the problem. And um, Pray what? I'm going to get more specific. What would you ask God to do about the problem? Well, we want to. we don't know where to start exactly. But first, we should start like at the one that has started all this at first. So we should talk about the police, uh, we should talk to him about the police brutality, um, the way, so people can, the way people that are racist or the people that are racist, that they can see why it hurts us so and how wrong in their ways they are. And the second one would be, um, as God said himself, protect the weak. Not just idly stand by with the camera and don't always lash out either because you have to ask God before you do something so that you don't make a mistake and cause a bigger problem. Very well said, Shia. Um, You're now pastor to Shia. <laughs> Love conquers all. And the more that you focus on that and the more that you pray and the more that you just it's hard to explain because you're doing a good job. If you have your sermons and you actually talk about and you're doing stuff outside of the church, you don't have to be in a building. We are the church. Therefore, it's not that we have to be in this particular building to be able to make a difference or to be able to start helping people. It's do they want to be helped or focusing on where it started 
the generational curses that's still here. Why is this still happening? What's holding us? What's keeping us in this um, moment right now? Why hasn't anything changed? Why aren't we progressing anymore? I think that's what's something that we need to focus on and how we can do that and where we can go moving on God's will and what he wants us to do with it. Okay, good. Very good. And I just lost my train of thought. I had a... <laughs> You're making me feel better. It's not just my age. Is there anything I, I else do, you want? Yeah, I okay. do have one question. With all of the stuff that's going on on social media, it's, it's just... That was it. Thank you. Yeah, it was just getting blown up. And people are, are, are expressing their feelings, their anger, their hurts, their, their frustration. Um, what do you think about some of the things that you read and, and, and see on social media, desire? How do you feel about that? I don't really have social media, but from what I do go on and stuff like that, um, it's just very, um, I wouldn't say biased, but it's very controversial. And there's not a lot of information that's true being told. And it's um, there's more arrogance that's going around. And it's just because people are uneducated about the system and what's happening as of today. And I think that they're using their anger as an outlook and as an outreach because they don't know what else to do because nothing has been done. So they feel as if, all right, if me being quiet and me being loving and me doing it this way isn't getting out, then I'm going to show my anger because that's the only way that we're being heard as of today. Thank you for that. Manny? Uh, can you restate this question? Yeah, with everything that's going on in social media and all the frustration that's being expressed, um, how do you feel about some of the things that are being said? Well, I know a lot of people speak from their heart when they're angry, mm -hmm. but I also noticed that the people that are the racist ones too, that comment on people's posts and all that, I've gotten to the point where I don't get angry anymore like that. I actually feel sad for them because they know not, they know not what they do because what they, what they were taught by their parents and by their leaders. And I feel like what we teach our kids or what we teach the youth or the next generation will ultimately uh, make or break the future about what's happening. And I feel like as though um, it's okay to express your anger, but it's how you do it. Because you don't want to, because as the Bible says, you don't want to act upon your anger and then it becomes a sin. Right, exactly. No, very good. Priscilla? Um, from what I've seen on social media, it's mostly... It's the right idea, but like you said, it's just the wrong way. I feel like um, some things, it's almost as if it's a trend, and people are saying stuff because, oh, everyone else is saying it, and if I don't say it, then I'm going to look like you know a racist or someone who's for all lives matter or something like that. And I feel like in some ways people are doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And like people are also trying to like force down their opinions onto other people and like beat it down and you know one person says their opinion and yes most of the time I disagree but I'm like I see comments of like people saying oh you're so wrong and oh ah, like you're I can't believe you would say that and you know making a person like feel bad and I was like that's not the way that's really not the way because you know we're trying to make peace but by doing that you shouldn't create more problems and so yeah from what I see I re that's why I like kind of take a break from social media because I feel like I get lost into what I see because, first of all, everything I see on social media, I don't necessarily want to believe. Mm -hmm. So I just, like, shut it off because sometimes it's just mostly negative. I understand the movement is positive and everything, but from what I see, it's just put out in a negative way. So, Thank you for that. Um, what's needed here to me is real communication which is what we're trying to do tonight. And I'm listening to this, hearing in my voice, in my mind, comments that have been made to me by people in this church and not in this church with reactions to things you've said, all right? And there's some people that react, and they're just going to react on both sides, and just there's nothing you can do about them. But for real the communication to take place, there has to be hearing on both sides, the way we express things 
can help with that other person's ability to hear. It's taken me a long time, and I've not mastered it, to learn there are certain things, that ways to approach my wife about something that's easier for her to hear. There's certain buzzwords that, based on how she was raised, that if I use those buzzwords, I may not mean it that way, but the moment she hears it, she feels put down. So I've had to learn that if I communicate something to her, I can't say those words because she's not going to hear what I say. The, the things that you've said tonight are all valid and true, and it's just kind of what I wanted to have you bring out. But I'll give you an example. Often white people hear the term racism, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this on Sunday. And they'll say, well, for us to, for, for, to do some of these things is being racist. And that's re- technically correct. Racism is anything that judges or treats somebody based on their race, not on their character or their quality. Okay. I don't agree with that, but in order to communicate what you're saying to people that don't have your experience, we have to find a way, does this make sense to you, to, so that they don't hear those certain terms. I'll give you an example to me today. Um, I was watching a, a, an Instagram, and that's the only social media I go on. The rest of it I just overwhelms me. It's like, um, and, and you know, it was one of my relatives was posting something, and they're very passionate about what's going on, all right? And I, 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 I've gotten a lot, but they keep posting these angry posts by people, and what happens is after a while I'm saying, that's enough. I mean, it's like I, I want to hear it, but then you rub my nose in it, and then it just turns me off. So my, what I guess what I'm trying to say is our goal has got to be, especially in the context of a church, where for us to be able to hear each other, we've got to learn how to do that on, and I don't like the word sides, but on both sides of, of this issue of the communication that has to take place. Does that make sense to you? Yes, it does, yeah. Does that make any sense to you? Okay, because I can ramble sometimes. You know that because you listen to me. So, Okay. So we've got to think of ways, and that may require you to have to listen to some white people and how they react to this. And if the goal is for us to find the truth, this is why I really res- respect the three of you. And, and I know there are others that, that could have come up here tonight because that's what you're looking for. We're looking for what's right, which, and what you both all said, what's right in Christ's eyes. And that's really where I'm going to begin Sunday from that perspective. As, as Christians, we don't have choices. We have to do what Jesus has told us to do. And if we have to see everything through his eyes. The problem is we're not doing that. So anyway, so we've got to learn to listen on both sides. And so, so we can use language that can bridge those gaps and really hear each other. So want to say something? Yeah, not only that, I feel like we should hear them out too, but we should also see what they're being taught. Because a lot of this, this doesn't happen, racism doesn't happen like that. It's what you were taught by your, uh, who are around you, or your parents, or your leaders, and all that. So we should target those, and we should change the way we teach people. Because if you just keep angrily trying to protest and all that, and reach out and make people understand, then they're just going to obviously push you away. But if you approach them differently in a kinder aspect, more wise and level-headed, then I think more well, progress some, will be done. Some of what I'm going to talk about Sunday is how to do that. There's a right way to do that and a wrong way to do that. Um, so, yeah, that's right. And, and that's kind of why I shared with you some of my background. Because part of really communicating is getting to understand who that person is. And, and they're not just, you know... Manny McDonald sitting here tonight, you've got a whole background that was put into you. And obviously, it was put into you well, all three of you. Um, and But we don't all come from that same background. So you're right. Part of that's just understanding the person you're trying to communicate with. But so much of the time, we don't want to take the time to do that. And I think some of the reason is I don't want to find out because then, it, then I... <laughs> what happens, we try to defend our view without really listening. And I'm going to talk about that on Sunday too. So. Amen. So... <laughs> Okay. Any? I want to. We're gonna close in a minute. So, your your any parting comments that you want to make? Whatever you've done, an, you've done an amazing job, all three of you. I'm really thrilled. Um, basically, what I want to like leave everyone with is just like I've said before, and we've all said to just act in love, 
Because I feel like if, first of all, look at yourself. Because, you know, to make a change, you have to know, change yourself in Christ, of course. And just look at yourself and evaluate and just, because that's what I I even have to do. Because sometimes, like, everyone's talking about, oh, white people this, white people that. But I'm just like, and then they say something and everyone's like, oh, no, how dare you say it? And I'm just like, no, that's not right. So I had to look at myself and make sure I'm not putting other people down to put my point across. So I feel like everyone looks at themselves and just acts in love. I just think that that can really make a change. Manny? Um, I feel like, like what you said about hearing people out, I feel like we should take the time to reassess ourselves and we should listen to the other people out. Before we react to a certain word that triggers us, listen to exactly what they're saying so that you know how to respond. And, and, and that's one of the biggest mistakes I think we make. And in this society, it's even more so. We don't even really listen to what they said. We're reacting. One of, the, one of the tools I've learned in listening, it's not that I always practice it, is if I'm trying to think of my answer to what you're saying while you're talking, I'm not listening to you. If I'm trying to defend my position while you're sharing yours, I'm not listening to you. People need to be taught how to listen to one another. So that's very good. Desire? Um, just for like an understanding aspect of this, if you don't understand why it's between races and you just don't, you just don't understand it because either you're, you don't see it like that or you don't, you're not racist yourself or whatever it may be. Think of it as, um, a homeless person going through these struggles and then you see him, but you're not homeless. You will never understand the problems that he is going through. You will never do that. But you can feel for him, and you can feel sorry for him. And you can under, you can think you understand, but you will never actually understand because you didn't go through the struggles that he did, and you don't walk his life. One of the first things, you mentioned that, one of the first things the Lord had me do <clears throat> after I got saved, I was in this large law firm in Boston, is he had me go work two lunches at a soup kitchen, and I was serving food to people just like you're talking about. And it really opened my eyes to what they go through. And then I got to know some of them. And you kind of look, it's a very similar thing. You look at them and you see them as a tramp. And you don't know the background to that person of what they've been through. And realize, uh, you know, they, they weren't born a tramp, right? They weren't raised a tramp. They were raised as, in, I met one guy who was, was a medical doctor. You never would have, dre- but... Something went wrong. He made a mistake. He got sued for malpractice, lost his license, lost insurance, lost his family, lost everything, and he's out on the streets. You never would have known that looking at him. And that affects how they speak and how they act. So it really is coming to understand one another. So there's even a bigger lesson in all of this than just the racism and the things we're dealing with. Very good. Pastor Michael, do you have any final thing to say? No, I think I've asked all the questions I need to ask, but thank you for, for, for sharing. Really appreciate that. I just think you guys have done a tremendous job. I mean, this went going far beyond what I was, was hoping this would be. And, and I hope that the people that are watching have some idea now of the, the excellence that we have in our youth here. And it's not just that I think I'm, we're in good hands in the future. You're valuable now. We need to have you involved now. And some of you are already involved. And so, so I, just, I just really want to thank you. It took courage to do this. I know it did. But you did a you did a tremendous job. Great so, job. Yes, thank you. So